Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. The Blues are back in action tonight in Buffalo to face the Buffalo Buffaloes. Sabres uh, pregame with Alex Ferrario starting at five o'clock. We've got puck drop at six and Joey Vitale, the blues analyst for 101 ESPN is going to be on the call and he joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Joey, how you doing today, Joey, man? Joey, Joey, Joey. <sighs> What's up, boys? Boys doing great. Doing great. A little chilly, a little cold here in Buffalo. Not not a lot of places to eat or not a great city to walk around, but looking forward to puck drop tonight. What was colder, Joe, Buffalo or Edmonton? You know what? I would say Edmonton, uh, the wind. Remember that? Boy, yeah. it was howling that day. No, it's not so bad here. It's not the wind. The wind's what kills you. The wind's that kind of bitter, like, drop right in the face, you know, and especially especially when you're hunting, too, hunting for deer, because deer got those, got, got those good noses. Uh, and you don't want to win. If you do have win, you want to go up up into the win to have any luck. I still have people tell me that they were dying laughing at that segment when you joined us. And before we could even get your name out, you're like, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. It's cold. Oh, my God. I know. I was so I was just not in a good mood, guys. It's been a long winter. It's been a long winter. But uh, we actually had a good day yesterday in Buffalo. Decent weather. We walked down there to the Anchor Bar, which apparently is the uh, number one or maybe the originator of the Buffalo Wild Wing. Yeah. And uh, if you guys have been there, it's uh, it was good. I'm not going to lie to you. It was good. We we split a couple platters of 50-plus. Uh, Jerry Rutherford, of course, was there. He dusted off 50 by himself. I was about and to say, then you guys got of, one and he got the yeah, other. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> I was going to say, the other, the other six of us split a 50. You have to give, <laughs> give him some, um, some crap about it. Uh, I heard that you forced Jr. to walk back. He said he Ubered there, and then you forced him to walk well, you back. Got to work he, off those wings. He said on the morning show that he couldn't walk this morning. What What did you do to our guy Jr.? I, I just said, "Hey, let's get some exercise." And he's like, "Are you crazy?" I said, "Are you crazy?" It's like uh, it's like three miles. I was like, "It's not three miles. It's like two. He's like, "Are you crazy? It's two <laughs> miles." I'm like, "Oh my god, Jr. Like, let's let's walk this thing off. It's gonna be all right." Uh, yeah, no, he dusted back a couple beers and about a 50, 50, 50 count for himself and. I was rather disciplined last night. I kept it between like fifteen and fifteen and twenty, but you know it was uh, it was it was a good dinner. It was good to kind of get out a little bit and, and, and share some fried food there in Buffalo. Like I said, it's not not a ton of options here, uh, but it was certainly a, a good night out as well. Jr's not a cardio guy. He's more of a bodybuilder kind of guy. He works that upper body and those arms. He doesn't worry about the cardio at the gym. He's also probably yeah, he, out there uh, crashing into some folding tables. That's more his workout stuff. Buffalo. Yeah, I was gonna say something something along those lines. Yeah, he's he definitely has that big. 
that big bone, uh, big bone body to him. And uh, but no, he he took care of some wings last night for us all, and uh, he's doing well. We're talking to Joey Vitale here on 101 ESPN. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised Joey didn't pull a Marshawn Lynch and go to the Applebee's. That was his favorite spot whenever he got drafted by the uh, the Buffalo oh, Bills. When you go to Buffalo, you get the wings. It's like when you go to Kentucky, you get fried chicken. Come on, man. I, I get it. That just wasn't Marshawn's scene. Uh, Joey, I did want to ask you about the Blues decision in net tonight. It seems like there's at least a chance that they're going to Jordan Bennington against Buffalo. What do you think of that? And is this just for them to have an opportunity to rest Ville Husso going into that big one on Saturday against minnesota um you know what bk i I actually i do i think it's going to be bennington here tonight um that's what my hunch is telling me Uh, i think it's something where you're looking at the two-day break after saturday's game last weekend Uh, it was a two-day break and then of course you went to boston now buffalo and then it was going to be another day off before you face minnesota wild in an afternoon game so i I do think i think if you if you were just to go really who so straight through that bennington would sit for quite a long time so i think you had to look at this week as where are we going to put Bennington? You have to put him in some some place, you know. And and at first I thought it would be proper to put him in that Boston game. I actually thought Chief would have done done that in the Boston game, uh, but the problem with that would have been that you know then then Billy would have had a, a really long little layover there before facing the Buffalo Sabers, and then of course an afternoon game a couple of days later against against the Minnesota Wild. So I think that you know this is the game smack in between the week, uh, be, between a bunch of games and in, in the middle of some travel where. Uh, I think we've kind of started to uh, pivot in a direction where we are, this coaching staff rather, is looking at uh, where do we rest Billy Huso. I think for a while there, I think t- to be fair, you know, after, you know, March and then early into February after the Olympic break or the so-called Olympic break, I think, I think it was back and forth. I think it was, you know, give Billy a game, give Benny a game, because I think the coaches were, I think they were, they're trying to break down, you know, who, who's going to get hot, who's going to be the guy for the job. But listen, we're, we're, we're 10, less than 10 games away now. I think, I think the whole thing where, uh, is, is it still an audition? Yeah, I, I guess there's an audition, uh, an audition still happening. I mean, let's say that, you know, Billy Huso has a bad couple starts and Bennington goes on a run. Could he be your game one goalie? Possibly. So I'm not going to rule out an audition that it's, it's not realistic anymore. But I think the coaching staff um, clearly has pivoted to we're not going back and forth. We, we think we know who our guy is in Billy Huso. And now these, these, final, these final less than 10 games left is going to be about where does he think, uh, where does the coaching staff rather think he needs his break or a little bit of rest or what games would we like to see him play heading into this game one. And like you mentioned, right now it's looking like it could be the Minnesota Wild. So it's a perfect situation night for Bennington to get in versus Buffalo and then have Billy Huso ready for the afternoon game Saturday versus the Minnesota Wild. Joe, the Blues have allowed eight goals in their last five games, and you just got done talking about goaltending. How much of the goaltending, though, is benefiting from defense with this team? And I'm not just talking about the defensemen. I'm talking about the five-man unit because we've seen guys like Vladdy back-checking hard. It, it seems like the forwards are just just as quickly back into their own zone than the defensemen are. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is a team that is prime for playoffs. Let's just put it that way. You know, talking to these players had a great chance to catch up with a bunch from on this road trip in particular. Um, a lot of downtime there in Boston. Of course, a lot of downtime yesterday and even this morning at the, at the rink. But it was an optional ski yesterday, so a lot of players in and out of the hallway and just small talking with them. Uh, this team is ready for the playoffs. This team um, is, is playing playoff hockey, and they know that the mindset has to be on how they want to play come game one, and that starts right now. And this is a team that, of course, a lot of players on the team have won cups with the St. Louis Blues back in 19. But then even go back to some of the players they added with Nick Letty, of course, um, winning in Chicago. Brandon Saad, of course, winning in Chicago as well. There, So a lot of new additions you still have that are cup champions. So there is this, there's this mold, there's this mindset behind this whole group 
that, that they are ready and they're primed for playoff hockey. And the biggest part of playoff hockey is being committed having a full group defensively, whether that be the defenseman, like you mentioned, or the forwards, everyone working back together, being in the right spots, being on the defensive side of battles, all those kind of fundamentals that you're taught since a kid and certainly taught at the pro level about how to play good, strong defense are really starting to emerge, I think, with this team. And, that, and that's a really good thing because, as we all know, when playoffs kick in, it's not like you can just flip a switch and you're in that kind of playoff mode. Uh, but looking at this defense, for example, just uh, we mentioned it is a five-man collective unit defending, but I mean, if you're just breaking down the sixth defenseman right now, I mean, this is this is something that when you get Nick Letty, you knew you had a, you knew you had a veteran group, but you kind of got you kind of got uh, it kind of got muddy a little bit because then Tory Crew got hurt, right? But now with Tory Crew being healthy, th- this may be the most experienced veteran group I think come playoff time and, and across the whole league. I mean, you're looking at. Nick Letty and Falk. You got Scandella and Pareko. Heck, your bottom pair right now is Bortuzzo and Krug. I mean, look at all those games. Look at the years played, playoff experience. I mean, this is something that I think a lot of people are starting to kind of grab hold of or starting to get a lot of attention on. Uh, but this is something why I think, you know, Doug Armstrong wanted to make the move to get Nick Letty because he really just brings so much veteran presence experience to this back end. And, and it could be one of the most, um, probably one of the toughest defensive groups to kind of get past once the playoffs get moving. Joey, we'll get you out of here on this one. I've got a nerdy question for you, if you don't mind. Uh, this is kind of this is the way that I roll. So Chris Kerber joined us yesterday. He gave us an interesting stat. He said going into yesterday, the Blues were fifth in the NHL in goals, but they were 22nd in shots. Now, all of the numbers nerds would tell you that's totally unsustainable. That shooting percentage is crazy high. There's no way they sustain that. Well, they've done it for 70 games now. So it feels like it's something that's at least a little bit sustainable for this specific team. I wanted to ask you why you think that's the case, though, because when you look at like some of the high danger numbers, they're not crazy high on those. So what do you think it is that explains why the Blues have had so much success on the shots that they're taking? You know, I I think BK, truthfully, it's just the it's the sink or swim um, method for this group. And I think that what I'm talking about is let's just break it down for one play. Um, If it's a two on one, okay, you got a two on one and and this team is done this more this year than, than I can remember a two on one. They will, the puck carrier will take it to the net and he will carry it to the very last second. And then he will force, it seems like most times a pass across to the other guy, even through a defenseman at times. So it's a high risk play, right? But that's what I mean by it's a sink or swim. The reality is this, like back in the old days, they would say, if the pass is taken away, shoot the puck. Things are kind of switching now, right? So let's, let's just take, for example, if Cairo and let's just call it um, Braden Shen are on a two-on-one here tonight, and they're working on Darlene. Darlene's backing. You got Shen with the puck. He's looking uh, for Jordan Cairo. Of course, Darlene takes away Cairo, takes away the pass like a good defenseman should. Uh, rightfully so, Shen should then shoot the puck. At least that's what they used to teach 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. But now I'm starting to see a, a transition, especially with this team, but across the NHL, where now that Darlene has taken Cairo out of the play, Instead of Shen shooting that puck because he's got a lane, it's a low percentage shot, right? So it typically is not going to go in. So what the Blues and a lot of teams are trying to do is force the pass. Try, try, try to force that pass across because if it does go through, it's a tap-in, right? You see this on the power play a lot. You know, it drives curves crazy, and, and I, and I kind of understand it. But you'll have Shen on, on, the, on one flanker, and you got Tarasenko on the other. And you'll see Vladdy force a pass through two bodies. You're like, what the heck is he doing? There's a body, there's a stick here, but but – 
if the pass gets through, it's a complete breakdown. And then, of course, you're going to have hopefully have an empty net on the backside where you can kind of bury it. So it's that all all in sink or swim kind of like, you know, the passes are being taken away. But let's force it there. Anyway, I would rather give up a bad shot and force a pass for a high quality scoring chance than, than the other. And now what happens is a lot of those passes will get broken up. And when they do, then that's why your shot totals are very low because you're actually trying to force passes that maybe aren't there. And maybe let's say two out of the five passes that in this situation get through, but the two that do get through, they're going to be like high quality, grade A chances. And the three that don't get through, it's just, you got to live the fight another day. So to me, I think that's kind of the main reason why you're seeing the shot totals and the goals for, and, and it's just kind of all over the place because I do think there's this, a, different mindset of coaching now where they actually want players to force passes, even though maybe the passes aren't quite there all the time. Cause if they do get through chances are, they're going to end up in the back of the net. So it's almost like in the NBA now where you see a guy that's going on a fast break and he'll pass up a layup to get a potentially open three, that, that, that kind of same mindset, although obviously different. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's no different than, than that. Or like you're in, you, you go to a bar, right? And you have Pamela Anderson sitting <laughs> at, the, at, the, at, the, at the, you know, the bar there. And then you got, maybe she's a 10 and you got a couple sixes. And you're like, oh, you know what? Yeah, sixes are fine. Nothing wrong with a six. I like a six. Shoot your shot, right? Always shoot right? the But you know what? Go, go for it. Just go for it because if it works, bam, there you go. It's kind of the same thing. I like your analysis that a little better. That was such a great analysis, Joe. Oh, my God. That's it, That's it right there. Yeah. He's Joey Vitale, the one and only. You'll hear him on the call tonight. Hopefully we get about two more periods Pam of uh, no, no hockey that matters for yeah. the Blues. That way we can hear more analysis just like that. Joey, we appreciate the time as always, man. Yeah, hey, no problem. Yeah, Pam Anderson. She she came. She was popping. I was like about thirteen. I was like right when I was hitting puberty. She yeah, was Tanner like, doesn't know who that yeah, is. Joe, true <laughs> or false? You had at least one Pam Anderson poster in your room. Oh, are you kidding me? Maybe one per wall. I mean, she <laughs> was she was a goddess. My first. Like, no one forgets their first love. No, Pam Anderson, and then in Carmen Electra too. Joe, right? Man, I tell you what, bring back my childhood. Amen to that, brother. Joe, appreciate right, it man. as always, man. See you, boys.